You're on. All right. Good to see everybody. Thanks for tuning in. We are living it up right here live and nine feet in a row with no power. But we've got the ultimate source, and his name is what? Jesus. Yes. That's what we're talking about today. So that's a great thing. Uh, we're going to have a good time. We've got the AC going right here. Look at it. You guys are long miles. That's good. Hey, so you know what? We're going to count the blessings. It's cool today. It's good today. It's good to see everybody. We're going to jump on in. So I don't have that PowerPoint up there. So you guys got to do some. Shorthand, writing it down like old school. Y'all ready? Today's message is called Starve Your Doubts, Feed Your Faith, and Pursue Your Purpose. How many people are ready to starve some doubt? Yeah. Oh, man, you all ready to feed on that? But look at this. I want to ask you this question. I like to start off with a question sometime. How many people have ever doubted themselves just a little bit? <laughs> this is a little bit. Hands everywhere. I'm going to put two hands up. How about this? How did it make you feel when you got it, sir? Did it encourage you? Did it inspire you? Anything like that? Didn't, didn't, didn't it scare you, right? So you got overwhelmed? Maybe kind of fearful, kind of anxious? So that being said, would you agree that it would be a good thing and a benefit to the body of Christ that we would starve our doubt? I'd say yeah. You know, it's, it's no problem about questioning and looking at through things. But a lot of times, we are filled with doubt. It seems like we feed on doubt more than anything else. But today, we're going to walk through God's word and what he's been showing me this week and working in my life this week so that I can share with you guys. And I, I, if you got your Bibles with you, that's why we always bring them with us, uh, we're going to look at our main verse today is Romans 10 and 17. We've got some other stuff selected, but we're going to start with that. I'm going to read that to you, all right? And it says, faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Amen? And I want you to focus real clear on the word of God. When everything else is stripped away, is that more than enough? Absolutely. That's the promise that will continue to hold, have teeth, still hold, hold ground, still have the platform. But I'm going to tell you what, today, so often when we get a little bump in the road, amen, we start getting a little squirrely, like, the doubt starts coming in. What happens if the tire won't come on? Guess what we feel is going to preach Jesus. What, happens, what about this? What about that? And we start doing the woulda, shoulda, coulda game. How many people do that? We do. Woulda, shoulda, coulda, plowing backwards and things like that. But I'm going to tell you what. We are going to tune in today and look at what God has to say about this. So many things in our life, if you're not careful, the devil will just try to creep in like a weed. How many people like weeds in the garden? Nobody, right? So we got to weed the garden of our heart from time to time. You ever notice about a weed? You go out on your sidewalk, that weed will push through the smallest, teeniest crack and crevices start coming up. And if you don't trim it down, what happens? It turns into a vine. Next thing you know, you're going out and getting your car to trip you up. The same thing with doubt. You get one little chink in your arm, it'll start growing. Doubting, second guessing. Well, I'm not worth it. I'm not this. I'm not that. And I'm going to tell you today, while we're coming together, that you are worth it because that's what God says. If you ever doubt your value, look at the cross. That says it all right there. This is the place where y'all say amen. That gets rolled. <laughs> so as we look at those things, I hope today we are encouraging the Lord to understand that it's bigger than us. Amen? amen. And so as we look at things, I know that fear comes in and starts cutting us apart. You start doubting. You start thinking about this. What about that? What about the doctor report? What about the bills? What about all these things? And then I like to say, what about Jesus? Amen. amen. What about Jesus? Are we going to just start following every little path or are we going to focus on the light of the world? 
Can I tell you what? I've just been submerging myself in the, in the word this week because guess what? I need it. How about you? I need it all the time. I need him all the time because guess what? You can start feeding on your doubt real fast. And you know what? If you don't do, do it on your own, somebody else come along and help you. Well, what about that? What you going to do now? What are we going to do? Anybody get those questions? How are we going to fix that? What are we going to do? How many people say, oh my goodness, what's going on? Let's pray. I'm going to tell you what, wouldn't that be a great place to start? But I don't know about you guys, but many times in my own, own life, I think I can fix the small stuff. How about you? Oh, I can do that. I can fix that. And then you got both these broken. And then you got four pieces. And then you, now you're ready to pray, right? But what would happen if we went and started to seek the Lord for a minute? Things started to drift. That's why it's so important to have our Bibles open. Faith goes by hearing, hearing by the Word of God. The Word of God. Are we tuned into that? I've said it many times. If you had a Bible on your Bible, if you had an hour meter on that bad boy, how many, how many hours do you think you registered the last year? I don't want to get ahead of myself, but I'm going to tell you what. The Lord showed me some mighty things this week, and I pray that I can convey them and encourage you as he encouraged me this week. So I want to go ahead and jump on in, and I, I want us to realize that, you know what, let's start starving our doubt to death. So the first thing, if you want to write it down, is this. Got your handouts. Read God's Word. So many times we just want to go ahead and just kind of look across, you know. But how many know we need a battle plan? We need a battle plan. You need a mission. You need to know what's going on. You would go ahead and try to, 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 to go from here to California with no GPS or maps. I'm like, but I'm just saying it's probably all over the room. But as we continue to look into the things of God, we need to be tuning into the Word of God. And I think that's where the enemy tries to get us and trip us up so much, to keep that Word shut. Man, how many people are hiding the Word of God in their heart? You know, on, on each, let me see if I got my paperwork here, here, here. You know, for some time now, every week, we turn around, we put a memory verse on there. I want to challenge us, let's look at those. Let's, hey, this is if you can get one a month, and that's one you got that you didn't have last month. But I'm going to tell you what, you will not come up void with that. This week it says, in Philippians 2, 3, and 4, it says, don't be selfish, don't try to impress others. Be humble, think of others as better than yourself. Don't look out only for your own interests, but take an interest in others too. Man, what would happen, what would the church look like if we did that all the time? What would your neighborhood look like if we did that all the time? I tell you what, you start starving down. And people wouldn't be questioned so much. I thought they were a Christian. They'd say, I know they've been with Jesus. See, that's why I pray when we leave here that people say, they didn't just go to church. They didn't just go in a building. They met with Jesus. As we come together, man, as, as a congregation, and we lift up the name of the Lord, he said he'll draw us in to him. So it's important to read the word. And I, I look at this here. I said, so, so some people say, well, how, much, how, how often should I read it? You know what my answer is? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> All the time, anytime. Has anybody found a bad time to read God's word? Never found a bad time. I've been in some bad times when I should have been reading the word, right? But what happens is many times we just keep on rolling, we just go about our business. So I, I pray today that we, we turn around and we make time to, to put God's word first in our life. Over and over when things come up, we go, well, well, well what do you think about it? What did he say? What did she say? You ever say, what does God say? 
You know, a lot of times young folks get married and things like that. I usually try to meet with them a little bit if they want me to, 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 to conduct the ceremony. And I ask them a bunch of different little questions, you know. Hey, where's God at in your life? Well, what do you mean? No, where's God at in your relationship? You plan on having any kids? Well, yeah, maybe someday. Who's going to do the discipline? 50 50? How are you going to go? Are you going to go by what God says? Are you going to live together? Are you going to honor your wife like Christ honors the church? Ooh, what does that look like? A couple little things like that. Hey, here's one. Who's going to handle the money? Ooh. Let me tell you, it gets quiet around that table sometimes when I'm talking to people because you know why? They didn't love. <laughs> they didn't love. I mean, they got to live that little love. And I think it's great. But I'm going to tell you, when the rent's coming and the baby's crying and the car won't start, it's not a little love. <laughs> you need to live on love, right? You need, because my mother-in-law taught me this a long time ago. She said, after a while, it just becomes a choice. Right? You got to choose to stick to the stuff. You got to choose to. I'm thankful that my wife chose to stick to the stuff. At least the second one did. The first one said, she's out. <laughs> But if I was having the love of Christ in the first one, maybe it would have been different. But see what I'm saying? You know, we, we have fun with that, but, but it's, it's so true. Where is God in your equation? Where is God in your business? Where is God in your school? And in all these things. Because we just roll them out on Sunday. That's not All right. Or is he here all the time? Now look, I know we all have some bad days and and man, if we follow somebody around all day, we say, whoa, that wasn't a good decision, right? And I'm going to talk about some of that this week because you know I got a story, amen? Everybody's got a story, right? Everybody got a test in a moment. So let's see how God works in that. So we want to be keeping the word of God. Next, I want you to write this down. Remember God's promises. Remember God's promises. Because when everything else is stripped away and things aren't going towards your plan, line your life up. If I ask you, if, if you say, well, I'm praying about that, if I ask you, well, what scripture are you standing on? Would you be able to say, I'm standing on this right here? Would you take God's word and use it as a platform and say, no weapon form against me? Going, uh -uh. Lord, you said it. I believe it. I'm going to stick with it. See, that's where those things come in. That foundation. We've got to have a foundation. Raising kids, you want them to have a what? A good foundation. Now, they go out and do a few things and do a few things and everything else, but if they got the foundation, they got something to come back to. How many people are grateful right now that their folks gave them the foundation? Yeah. Probably wasn't real excited about it in the, in the beginning, right? Did you ever say this? But everybody else is doing it. Mm -hmm. That did not fly out of my mom and dad's house. And you know the next thing, when you jump in the water, all that stuff. My daddy didn't even say that. That ain't happening here. He just cut to the chase. That ain't happening here. He used to tell me this. He said, why? Is, do you know we love him? I said, Dad, I know you love him. He said, you know what sacrifice we love yeah. I said, you ain't never want it for nothing, man. You ever been hungry? I said, no, no. He said, you know, any, anything like that? I said, no. He said, if you treat you good, I said, yeah. He said, now, why would you believe somebody down the block over me? But we do that sometimes. We do that sometimes. So we got to go on our mind. we got to starve that doubt. And we got to line up with God's word. God if my dear old dad here in the flesh, if, if he's doing everything he can, how much more? Our Heavenly Father, with unlimited resources, unconditional love, wants to do on our minds. So I'm going to tell you this, man. Folks, and I'm just clicking a little bit here this morning about if you get married, 
You make sure your wife and your husband loves God more than you thought about loving him. You say, what do you mean? See, if they love the Lord, man, guess what? They're going to love you. He's a, they're going to treat you right, man. They're going to treat you right. So that's the whole thing. Get that relationship right first. Everything else will fall into place. I did not say you would never have any trouble. I did not say you'd never have any problems. I'm going to tell you, get that line right there. That lifeline right there. God will continue to walk with you and build your family, build your relationships, and show you how to speak into other people's lives. Show you how to raise your kids, all that. We're going to raise them on the word of God and the promises of God. Now here's something else. Write this down if you want to. Renew your mind. How many of we need to renew our mind? Because we can get stinking thinking sometimes, right? We can start, man, we can start following the wrong thing. How many people watch the news? Alright? Do I need to say anymore? I think it's great to be up on what's going on. I think we need to be aware. I'm going to tell you what, don't take it to bail with you. You know what I mean? And what we're finding out now is the news is so skewed on so many things, I don't even know what to believe. You know? And, and, and I'm going to tell you what I have learned in 53 years. If it's quick and fast and easy, <laughs> it probably ain't worth much. I have a guy in my house that's been telling me something that's been sticking in my mind for a while. I just need to apply it. See, when I've been into cutting back and all this, my, my, my plan is I like to eat. How many people like to eat? <laughs> so I think I'll just do another sit-up and do another mile and everything else. And Justin says, Dad, I'm going to tell you something. I said, well, he said, you can't outrun a bad diet. <laughs> he said, you can't run fast enough or far enough. I said, man. Right? See, when somebody loves you, they'll tell you the truth, but you might not like that. You can tell them in love. You ain't got to beat them down with the Bible or anything else. Just point them back to the Lord and say, hey, you know what? This is not the best for you. This is what's going on. But also, first, let's see what's going on. Are we renewing our mind? Look at this, Romans 12, 2. Good one to write down. Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind. That by testing you may discern what is the will of God. What is good and acceptable and perfect. How many people would like to know the will of God for their life? Know the plan. What did it just say? It said, renew your mind, right? And so that by the testing you may discern, so you may understand what the will of God is. What is good, acceptable, and perfect. And so many times we just go through life, well, this and that and everything else. I go back to the analogy of following a map. If you want to go somewhere, you want to get to that destination, they'll be asking some questions. You better be staying in your lane. You better be following the signs. And that's what God's word does for us. It allows us to have that path. But so often we just want to shut down. We don't want to get involved in that. And what happens is that grows our doubts instead of starving our doubts. Now, how many people, when you came in today, had faith? That we have power. I didn't think nothing about Man, we pray, man, we're going, we're playing through the songs, everything's good. And Miss Diane was looking at the room and she goes, uh, why is that power truck out here? I said, oh, they just resting. We played another song. She said, they've been here a long time. I said, oh, don't worry about it. Don't worry about it. So I won't listen to her. So Tim did. <laughs> Tim went out there, he's married to you, you gotta listen to him. Right? He went out there, and he came in and said, They're gonna turn the power off. We said, What? You can't turn the power off, man. So we went over there and he said, We're we'll, gonna have power for 15 minutes. I went out and talked to him. They said it'd be up for 45 minutes. I said, Tim, go talk to him again. 
<laughs> I, thought, I, I thought I was a nice guy. But you know what? It's okay. So now there's better outboard by the drunkies. But the guys are doing their thing. But you know what? Guys are going to work something out of it. Because I told them, I said, when y'all done, come on in. Y'all cut the power off on a good day because we got food afterwards. Come on. We got, we got some, I said, y'all need anything. Y'all need some coffee. Y'all be safe up there. Right? Just make it out. You got to man, be safe. You got to do your job. It's okay. Guess what? I bet you we're not the only one on the whole block that don't have power. But guess what? We got some good coffee, right? We got some good coffee. And we're going to be talking about the light of the world in the hand of Jesus. So why do we need to renew our mind? Let me ask you this. If you ever notice, and I say this many times, and I'm talking to parents right now, and y'all parents, you're going to get this one later, okay? You can tell when your kid has been hanging out with somebody new. Come on now. They start walking a little different. Start combing the hair a little different. I almost got the mullet back. It took me three weeks. Those are the things like that. Then they start questioning the values of the home front. Well, why do we do it that way, Dad? Because I'm going to hurt you if you don't. No. But those are teachable moments. And in those moments, I pray that we show them the way of God's law and remind them, hey, look, I love you. One of my buddies said, I might have been born tonight, but I wasn't born last night. In other words, I've been through a few things, but I didn't wake up 53 years old, got a couple of bumps and bruises, T-shirts, all that stuff. This is what kills me. People discount the seeds, and they are a Wealth of knowledge. I love talking to folks that have got a couple years on. I do. I, I mean, I'm picking their brain. I'm seeing what's what. Don't sell them out, let me tell you. No. Help them out. Lift them up. Encourage them. See what's going on. Because I'm going to tell you what. Because of the way they've lived their life and the things that they've done and the sacrifice they made, we got what we got. I'm going to tell you that right now. I am grateful. I'm grateful for the folks that have went before me. Moms, dads, aunts, uncles, guys next door, everything else, things like that. There's an opportunity right there to give back. And I tell you what, you want to starve something to death, start, start, start giving. Start doing. Spend some more time. I want you to see that today. So I know, like I said earlier, man, sometimes we can get all wrapped around the wheel on the news and things. I wrote this down last night. I said if we get so focused on the problem, we won't have any vision left to see the solution. Come on now. You get so focused on that problem. Think about this. this morning. I'll tell you what, you ain't going to believe how big this problem is. I mean, you're and you say, but I'm going to help you. But no, but you said, did you see the size of my problem? Look at that problem right there. And so what I've done, I've blocked everything else out. Turned around. Now I'm stumbling around, and all I hear bouncing off this thing is my problem. What happens if I open up the Word of God and start looking at what God said about that? Do you know what we go through sometimes? That God doesn't necessarily call it, but he can work it together for the good. How many people have been through a tough time, come out the other side, and then when you see somebody else go through it, your heart starts to melt? See, I didn't know anything about a divorce until I went through a divorce. Because when I hung out with people that didn't go through a divorce, I said, oh, man, where that? Probably a fish in the sea. I was not walking with a boy by that time. Oh, what that? Man, when that showed up in my doorstep, 
I, I mean, I've been karate tournaments, everything else. I had a guy kick me so hard, I took tasted his little flip flop for a week. <laughs> Nothing hit me like that. And I started thinking, man, that's tough. So when I see people go through something like that, and I've been through, I say, man, I'm sorry you're going through that. I'll pick sides, pick up the Bible. And I say, you know what? I don't know where they're at, I don't know but, but but this is what we can do. We can work on us. We can pray for them. And we can try to be the best near Christ in this situation. And this is what I used to tell my friends when they go through something. This is what I, I try to pass on. I said, man, if you want to call, you want to scream, you want to yell, you want to cry. Just give me a call. Because I'm going to tell you what. When I went through that, I went through all that. Now, that's just one thing. Some people have been through sicknesses and deaths and losses. I'm just saying one thing. Because I've been through that. I can talk about that. But man. When the right one comes along, guess what? You dancing again. Woo! Yes, indeed. Oh, yeah, man. It's crazy. I saw one man, I said, I'll never get mad again. Oh, I was bitter, boy. I ain't kidding. I ain't going to do this. I'm going to do it my way. Everything. Yes. Oh, man. I, I didn't want to be around me. See, I didn't get better. I got bitter. And that's what happens so many times when we go through situations that God can use. To make things better for us down the line, we allow to make it better. And that's the time. So God wants to transform us, right? Now, something else, if you look at this word here, I want to show you something. It says, do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind. This is what jumped out on that passage. Usually when you got somebody to conform, this me. It's like you beat them into submission. You're going to conform, you're going to conform, you're going to conform. But when I think about transforming, God's grace, bringing it out. Think about that flower popping out from me. Going like that. Hey, there's things we got to conform to, different things like that. But I'm going to tell you what, as God uses his word and his love and his promises, right, it'll start transforming us so that we can know what is good and acceptable and perfect. Somebody say amen. amen. All right. Everybody doing good. The next thing I want you to write on the handout for all of that is a few things that I got here about feeding our faith. So if we're going to starve or doubt, we're going to feed our faith. Okay? We're going to feed our faith. First thing I got is you might want to write down is focus. What you focus on, your feet will follow. I'm going to tell you that right now. How many people have been like on a pier or something like that looking over there? And the next thing you know, you look at this thing, you know, you feel like, whoa. Start focusing on it. Good thing you got the guardrails. You know what? We got some awesome guardrails. I call the Holy Spirit. He keeps us in the middle of God. Amen. If we'll listen to him. Listen to this right here. I want to read this to you. 1 Peter 1, 13 says, Therefore, prepare your minds for action. Be sober in spirit. Fix your hope completely on the grace to, to, to be brought to you at the revelation of Jesus Christ. Now, I'm going to look at this We want to watch our focus. Amen. How is our focus? Is our focus on everything? Is it focus on we don't have life? Our focus on this? Focus on or our focus is, you know what, man? We're going to focus on the things of God. Let's go back to that scripture again. It says, therefore, prepare your minds. When you wake up in the morning, what do you do? Do you prepare your mind? Or do you do this? Oh. Oh. Mr. Bob said, that's him. <laughs> you didn't know I figured out when to do it. I was sitting down, I heard something. Oh. 
makes them a little medicine, man. See, I wasn't paying with the word of God in my ear. I needed to let it trickle down to my heart, bounce off my mind. And so I said, wait a minute, it's a new day, baby. <laughs> now, Denise was not moaning now. Because now I see in the hallway, I see him a cat. He's like, Jackson. I said, what's up, buddy? What's up? He's like, <laughs> my dog, now my dog's cool. My dog's laying there with a the three-legs bow. <laughs> got me, got me. I said, see, she understands. But now that I think about it, she's been through a few things. But maybe she does understand. Go right there. Oh, that's good. How many people lost power? How many people were prepared to lose power? A couple people were prepared to lose power. I thought I was prepared to lose power. We'll talk a little bit more about that. Focus on those things, all right? So let's keep on going. Next thing is fellowship. That'll be the faith, don't it? Oh, yeah, we get comfy in here now, right? Yeah, that's good. Look at this right here. You got a little scripture for you. Hebrews 10, 23. You write it down and turn to it. It says, let us hold tightly without wavering to the hope we affirm. For God can be trusted to keep his promise. Can you trust him? Can we trust him? It says right here, we can trust him. No, we can't. 24 says, let us think of ways, oh, come on, to motivate one another to acts of love and good works. Here we go, bring it on. We have lift off. That's love. Bring it on, bring it on. Woo, praise the Lord. Let it be hot. Yes, indeed. 24, like I said, let us think of ways to motivate one another to acts of, of love and good works. And let us not neglect our meeting together. As some people do, but encourage one another, especially now that the time of his return is drawing in. God tells us it's a good thing to fellowship. God tells us that he wants us working together. God tells us all the time, it's good to get together. But you know what's good now? It's good to get together and thank the Lord and praise the Lord instead of sitting there and complaining about everything else. Right? I've got to the point that I really work on, and I'm going to tell you all right now, and I'm going to catch it to you. If you hear me complaining, help me out. Say, uh, just want to let you know we love you still complaining. Because I'm working on that. I don't want to do that. I know we got to let off steam, and I'm okay with somebody. Hey, man, this is tough. This is tough. But you know what? After about the third barbecue and the second Mountain Dew, and then you shut up. <laughs> right? Brian, you hung out. Brian, that's enough. That's enough. Poor Chris, he kept it sometimes too. We get out of eating. You'll be like, ah, oh, okay, it's okay, it's okay. Talk me down, baby. Right? But you know what? You can't stay there. Fellowship is good. Because people that love you will encourage you. Say, hey, man, you know what? Let's look at the good thing. I believe God got something even better for you. Amen. See, sometimes one door closed and the window open, baby. You gotta work in that. Anybody ever lost a job? You don't have to raise your hand, I'll raise it for you. I have. You can't fire me. What? As they walk me out the door. Y'all just kidding, right? No. You're done. Man. 33 years ago. I still feel the burn. Guess what? It ain't all about me. But you know what the lady told me in the office? Just what I told you. Little Scottish lady. She started crying. Chain of events went down and said, it ain't my fault. They said, well, guess what? You leave. Or you can quit. I said, I'm not quitting. It's not my fault. And they said, you're leaving. What? I can fire three more times, I can retire. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just teasing, I'm just teasing. 
to work it out. God worked it out for sure. We go through things in life and we wonder how in the world could this happen? But that's why it's so good that we keep our focus on the Lord. And we continue to look at how God is grooming us and working things together. And fellowship is, is, is a great thing. Fellowship is amazing. And I want to tell you today, man, be encouraged in the Lord even on this tough time. So we talked about focus and we talked about fellowship. Now we're down to praise. How many people like to praise him? You guys have some praises here. We're some praises in this place, that's for sure. And I want you to be encouraged. I don't know. It's hard to be mad and still praise the Lord, right? You can sing a sad song, but it still does something in your heart if you lift it to the Lord, huh? Right? I just love it. How many people got a praise mobile? Uh, you know you do. You get in, you get your car. Welcome. This is the day. Yeah, I like two Big Macs and fry and all that. Can you biggie size it? Whatever. I'll get up there. And the guy's been working hard over there by the fry machine. How you doing? It's terrible. Praise the Lord. Because you know what? You have the ability to impact somebody else's life. You can help change that state, man. You can help encourage them. And I tell you what, how many people get enough bad news anyway? I checked my email this morning. You know what my email said? You're only allowed 5,000 emails. What do I need 5,000 emails for? But I found out I had 4,632 emails. I might need to check that, right? But most of the emails that I get doom and gloom or you got to do it now you got to act now you got to you got to do it now man we got to do it now everything's urgent 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 you know the one thing that i could tell you to be urgent about and diligent about calling on the name of jesus which brings me into where i wanted to start sharing a few things now i'm gonna tell you what everybody has different weeks and crazy weeks and stuff like that but i'm gonna tell you what you don't have to look far to find somebody else going through something much worse than you how many people are off monday I don't know if I can take another day off. I was off. I said, man, I'm going to be off. We see, me and the boys, when we have a three-day weekend at work, we have what we call the smoke off. That means everybody's going to smoke something on their smoker, bring it in. Oh, man, I had it going. Man, I had my turkey going. I injected them, everything else. I got, I'm wired up, man. I got all this stuff. I got all beeping, 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 165 temperature. I mean, I'm, I'm Betty Crocker on steroids, baby. I'm rolling. And I get a call. And a guy says, buddy, do you remember me? And I'm, I'm, I'm going through the, the Rolodex here and that somebody's grandmother and this and that and everything. And he says, man, we got a situation. He says, some of my family members are, are really down to the last wire. I wonder if you could come to the hospital and pray with them. Let me tell you, my turkey wasn't a big deal after that. Getting all the stuff I had to do wasn't a big deal. I had some things I had to do before I could leave safely. And I went and I visited this family. And they said that the dad had been uh, suffering with ALS. And the mom had come along and been the caregiver. For whatever reason, I'm thinking that this is probably an older family. I get there and I see my friends and family. And, you know, I, I know a couple people here, a couple people here. And I begin to talk to them. And I find out that the man's 53 years old. And the mom, his wife. I'm talking to the kids. It's 49 years old. Wanna know something else? I found out they're my neighbors. They live down the street from me. 
I didn't even know that. Maybe I need to get out and about a little more. I don't know. But it really hurt my heart. You know, I know you can't know everybody in town and everything else like that. But, but that, that, I was like, what's going on? And what had happened after she had been taking care of her husband, had some different complications, had some surgery. I won't get into all of it. But things didn't go well with the surgery. And the next thing they knew, that they were putting mom and dad in the same hospital room. And they got the family together because they're going to pull the plug and let them go. I'm going to tell you what. I've been preaching for 20 years and there's a lot of tough things. Them folks are going through a tough thing. And I tried to encourage them in that. And I met with the family. And you talk to, to, to the folks at the funeral home and stuff. You're the pastor's honor. My buddy said, I've been in this thing a long time. I've never had a husband and wife have the same time date that they left this place on their death certificate. So start thinking about things a little different that day. All week that's going around in my mind. I need to starve my doubt. I need to feed my faith and I need to continue to pursue my purpose because we don't know. We don't know when we're going to go here. But this is the good news that I told them yesterday. We can know where we're going. I went on and spoke a little bit and, and a few things. And yesterday, I'm, I just want to tell you, this is what the Lord was teaching me yesterday. Now, I've done some funerals and there's they're none that they're really easy. You know, your heart's poured out. So you're doing a double funeral. And when somebody entrusts you to speak on behalf of their loved ones, I take it serious. I take it very serious. I want to encourage them. I promise people three things every time when I sit down with them. I said, well, we want to glorify God. We want to honor your loved one's memory, and we're going to point people to Jesus. You all right with that? Because if you're not, you got the wrong guy, because that's what's going to happen. In talking, sound like they knew the Lord, thank the Lord for people that know the Lord. Because I tell you what, as believers, we know what that means. If you're a believer... You take your last breath here, right, Miles? You take your first breath with the Lord. But if you're not a believer, guess what? Heaven's not your home. That's why we're so diligent about preaching and teaching what we teach over and over and over. I was hoping you was going to be here today, brother. My buddy Brian, I've known him about all my life. We hang out. We go to eat. We talk about the things of the Lord everything else. A few months ago, I was at Brian's office. And I said, dude, what are you going to do with that? He said, what? I said, that hourglass, man. I was going to buy me one of this. I said, I don't know what my fascination is with the hourglass. He said, take it. I said, do I have to give it back? <laughs> he said, no, brother, I want you to have it. And I used it in a, in a, in a, in a little uh, sermon here and there. So yesterday, when I'm finishing up everything, and Lord, what am I going to say? How am I going to encourage these folks? They lost their mom and dad. There's a lot of friends. They were, nobody was expecting. They might have been expecting a dad that wasn't doing well, but mom was in good shape overall. Things change in an instant. Things just start going down here. Now, now they don't have no mom. Now they don't have no dad, but they got Jesus, right? I want them to see Jesus. I get ready to leave, man. The Lord nudges me, take that. Take that hourglass. I said, okay. And as I begin to talk about how things go by and things change, I pull that hourglass out. I said, we never know how much sand's left in our glass. 
And I began to talk and I talked and I talked and I talked and shared and shared some stories and I talked some more and I pulled it back up. I said, whoo, look how much we went through there. We never know. I know as long as I talked, they thought I flipped it over, but I didn't. I was tempted to, but I didn't. Got to share. Got to tell them about Jesus. And we continue to lift up the family. So I thought, okay, that's it. I don't know about y'all guys, but when you go through something like that for a pastor, when I come home, I got the smiley face on, everything else. I kiss my kids. If they let you, they're too old for that. You got to hug them now. Pet my dog, tell my wife I love her, and then I sit down and go, Lord, what just happened? It takes a minute to decompress, see? You can keep the smile on a long time. Then it just starts to catch up, and I'm sitting there going, Lord, what a week. What a week. And I had that hourglass. And I looked at that hourglass. I said, I want to know how many minutes is in that hourglass. And see, actually, I come home, and this don't usually happen, you know, Kids running in and out, Denise going to the store, everything else. I was home alone. Sometimes that's not a good thing, but yesterday was a great thing. So I turned that upside down, and I looked at the clock. Boom. Time marked. And I just kept looking at it, and I kept praying. And the Lord began to teach me so many things from that sand going through that hourglass. I think the first analogy we get, you know, is that's our life, and sand's going through an hour and hour and minute and minute and everything else. Now, as I was continuing to look at that sand, I go, man, we never know when it's going to run out. See, we don't know how much sand's in the glass as far as our life. I said, Lord, I want to be diligent about what you called me to do. I don't want to waste my sand. I don't want to waste my sand. I check it at 10 minutes. God showed me all this stuff, and I still got sand in there. Still going. And I thought about maybe each one of those little grains of sand, maybe it was somebody's life I could have touched. Maybe, maybe it was this. Maybe it's a sin that the Lord forgive me of. It started taking on a big meaning, a big meaning, everything's going on. And I was looking, I was looking. Now 20 minutes has went by, and I'm still praying, and I'm, I'm, just, I'm just having a conversation with the Lord, and I'm watching this sand because he's teaching me stuff. He's renewing my mind. He's revealing things to me. Can we turn that on, Tim? And, and we go through here. And I start thinking, Lord, what is this that you're showing me? Ready? And I said this. Because I'm going to tell you what, you might as well be honest with God. Because he already knows. And I said, Lord, I'm tired. I'm tired. Next thing I know, boom, I woke up. I felt like I had slept a week. It was seven minutes. From the time I looked at that. Still had three minutes left. I found it's it 30, 30 minutes on that bad boy. In the next three minutes, the Lord showed me this. What would happen if you spent that much time seeking me like you did today? What would happen if you turned around and you told them just that little bit of time? I restored you in seven minutes, which you couldn't restore yourself in seven days. I didn't even want to go to sleep last night. 12 o'clock. Woo, what's up? Jessica going, Dad, I'm going to bed. I'm going to bed. I couldn't, get, I couldn't let it go. I couldn't think about nothing but that. I said, man, I want to be prepared, Lord. I want to be prepared for tomorrow. Guess what? You better be. I want to be prepared. I want to, I want to be able to tell some folks what's going on. I want to be able to share some things 
in the Word of God. This is what we talked about here. I want to be able to praise the Lord. Let us praise God for His glorious grace, for the free gift He gave us is His dear Son. That's all I was doing. I wasn't coming up with some big long prayer. I was just meditating on the Word of God. I was just thinking about what God has brought me through and everything else. And I'm going to tell you something else. Even when you think you're prepared for stuff, a lot of times you're not. Let's just jump back to the wind and storm and everything else. Got two generators ready to go. My generator's ready to go. Boom, starts right up. That's good. Boy, dad's looking sharp at the house. Got everything going there. I said, ain't no problem. I'm going to take the other generator over to mom's house, right? Because we had all that go. We just went through the generator about three weeks ago. Everything's good. So we go in and load that up in the back of the truck right before we load it up. I said, you know, I better make sure that thing will start. Jesse, <laughs> you need to pull that. Pull it again, pull it again, pull it again. It's not starting. I said, man, what is going on? So I take it to my buddies. They said, well, this piece right here is gummed up. We thought we had it and everything. You can get one for $4. I say, no problem. See, in the midst of all that, there was some other stuff I was going to take to my mom's house. This story's going to tie in, I promise you. In the midst of all that, see, I thought I was prepared. And then when something came up that I, I wasn't thinking about, I had to regroup. Life's like that. That's what I want to tell you. So we go down about a $4 part, but I realize when I'm down there with the $4 part, I'm on the other side of town. I didn't bring my cable that I need. Back to the store. Well, all the cheap ones are sold. Give me the nice one, $34. I guess we'll use it again. So $50 later, and we're in the parking lot. It's still not starting. My buddy said, take it to my house. We'll fix it. I'll pull it apart again. How many know it's good to have a good friend, right? He didn't say, well, sorry about your bad luck. He said, you stuck with me. I said, we got to have power on at mom's house what we got to do that's good you know so here we go we go to his house we get it started everything else he lives down the street from my mom we come out everything's under control Ruth and baby the Calvary's here oh yeah mom don't care she don't care she had a sausage biscuit she was good to go mom's low maintenance so I get everything running in there and everything like that and I, re I scream out Scott power it up baby I hear, pad up, pad up, 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 up. I go out there, and Scott has the pull rope in his hand. <laughs> and the lady that sits with my mom, she says, I think I'm going to go back in the house now. <laughs> and I thought about all this. I said, I can lose my mind, jump up and down and everything else. And people say, and you the preacher? I said, that's not good, is it? <laughs> he said, no, that's not good. Because we don't have, I got the automatic one at the house. This is the backup one. He said, don't worry, boss, I can fix it. I said, okay, okay. I get in there. How you doing, mom? Tapping the toe, everything. Hey, it's all right. Everything's good. Don't worry, mom. Everything's good. Everything's good. Buddy. He said, I think I got it. He went back in there. <laughs> He said, give her a pull. I said, we got this much rope. <laughs> he said, you might want to watch that. I said, oh my gosh. I come home yesterday like this. Hey, babe, what's going on? Young time a shoe right there. Yeah. So anyway, he said, try it again. I'm going, rrr, rrr, rrr. I mean, my head's going. Tch, tch, tch. 
<laughs> he said, you almost got it. I know he's, he's, I know he's laughing because I'm looking over and he's like this. He's got his glass on. He's like, try it again. Try it again. I'm going, <laughs> I mean, I've got, I mean, I got this much pulling. <laughs> he said, I think if you do it faster, we can get it. <laughs> Finally, he goes, up, 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 up. He said, you almost got her now, man. You can do it. I got my cheerleader there. He's got his hat on backwards now. Go ahead. I got the card ready. I'm ready. Who <sighs> got it? We got it. We got it, Mama. We coming to Mama. We got it. Everything's good. She said, I ain't need no lights. I'm good. <laughs> You're getting the lights. <laughs> You're going to get the lights. We're going to start a tanning salon here if we have to. You're going to get the lights. <laughs> so I bring the light out. I put the light out, everything else. Kiss my mom on the cheek, thank my buddy, get back home. <laughs> Drive back home like this. I thought I was prepared. We had just checked it all out. I thought it's going to go down just like this. Power's going to go out. I'm going to sashay in there with the cape. No. I got a broken rope, stretched armpit, and a pulled neck muscle. But we got lights. So I get back home. Call mom, she said, TV's on. What? I didn't, plug, I, I didn't plug the TV in. She said, making a crazy noise. I'll be right there, mama. All the way back we go. Unplug everything, roll it back up. Get it back in there. How you doing, ma? I'm good. I told you we didn't need it. <laughs> See, mom was feeding her face. She said, I'm not worried about that. Not worried about that. But I was so focused on getting that done, man. Got to have it, got to do it, got to do it. And it's going to go down just the way I think. No, life doesn't happen like the way we think. Sometimes a rope gets broke in life. Sometimes your carburetor's clogged up. Sometimes you need somebody to stick with you when you're going through it. You see where I'm drawing this thing from? And I'm thankful for all of it. Sometimes you, guess what? You've got the cord at the house, but you just got to have the cord at the store. All those things, man, were going through my mind all week. And you know what? I was thinking, that poor family lost their mom and dad. I'm thinking about my carburetor. One thing about all that, and maybe in the midst of it. So what happened was I, I, I put life up against the backdrop of what's really going on and realized, guess what? I ain't got no problem. So how can I be a blessing in the midst of those things? You know how? By continuing to feed my face, faith, not face. I'm going to do that here in a little bit. But pursue our purpose, and that's what I want to talk. Everybody doing good so far? I think one of the things to pursue our purpose is this. We need to know the mission. We need to know the mission. So many times we say, well, I don't know the mission. You know, we need to seek the Lord and let him define the mission. And let him set the, the guidelines in our hearts and our minds, man. And once he reveals that to you, then guess what? We need to take action. I bet you, if we were honest, there's been a time in our life that God has spoken to you and you felt very clear that God spoke to you to do something or say something or do something, and you didn't do it. To be honest with you, have you missed that? We've missed that before, right? But God's so gracious that he gives you another chance. But I don't want to miss those chances. How about you guys? I want to be on the cutting edge when I hear him. I want to be saying, I don't want to waste my sand. I want to be used for the, for, for the kingdom of God, right? But so often, we get so wrapped around the doubt 
and won't feed our faith. That we can't even get together to start pursuing our purpose. What is it that you're passionate about? What is it that God's laid on your heart that you're really passionate about ministry-wise, different things like that? You say, well, I'm not a preacher. I don't play music. That's okay. Can you pray? Last week, I asked you all something. I don't know if you remember. I said, how many people, and I'm not going to ask you to raise your hand. I'm just asking. How many people would pray for our church before they ate lunch? Hope you did. I'm going to be honest with you. Some days I did. Some days it was a little bit later when I remembered it. I'm just being honest. But see, things like that. Are we committed? That's what I wanted to get to right here. Be committed to the things of the kingdom. You know, I, I said, you know, what, what does it look like when we're pursuing God? What does it look like? What motivates our stuff? Are we utilizing the sand in our glass? Are we starving our doubt? Are we feeding our faith? Are we moving towards the mission? Find a joy in serving. If it, I don't want to say this. I think we need to let God work on our heart to a place that serving him is joyful and not a job. I have people tell me, I say, man, I don't know how you do what you do. I love doing what I do. It's a job, but it's not a job. It's kind of funny sometimes. It's not a buddy thing. This is a thing. When I'm going through this and I go, Lord, I'm tired. I'm tired. He said, well, rest in me. Did a funeral yesterday. And I, I saw a girl used to watch my band and everything else. I hadn't seen her in a long time. I work with her out there everything else. She said, I know you did. But she told me something that blessed my heart. This is, I don't want to not lift it up. But it, I needed to hear that evidently yesterday because like I told you I was tired. And she came up to me and she said, with that face, she said, I had no idea, but you're created to do that. And I thought, yes, I am. I'm created to praise the Lord. I'm created to take that mission to the next level. I'm created, and you are created, to take action on those things that God's put in. I'm created to be committed to the call of God. And that's what, that's what I'm going to do. How about you? And some days it might not look too pretty, but that's where the team comes along and says, you know what, you can do it. Come on, let's go. Some days I might miss the mark. Guess what? I'm going to trust that you guys are going to come along and say, buddy, come on now. Come on now. We're in this thing together. We can do it now. Iron sharpens iron. Let's keep on going. Because you know what? This is what we want to do. We proclaim how great you are and tell of the wonderful things you have done. I was talking to my buddy Chris the other day. I love that guy. We have a good time. We talk about everything. And I was sharing with Chris about some times that God had really spoken to my life. Poor guy. I wore him out. I started, yeah. Well, let me tell you a little story. Let me tell you this. And next thing you know, man, I was standing up talking on the phone like this. Man, and let me tell you what God did. And I was remembering what God did, and I was telling him, I was sharing about what God had done and everything. Then he's coming, who are you talking to? I'll be right in a minute. And, and, and what happened was, see, because of that friendship and that fellowship, he allowed me to remember the promises and talk about that and encourage my friend. But all that was going on, I was being encouraged because I was remembering, remember? I was remembering what God had shown me, what God had done for me, what is God's going to do in, in our life. And I said, man, Lord, there's so much more. There's so much more. What is it you want to do? See, as we continue to renew our mind and renew our strength and we and know the mission, guess what? Then you can start applying it, man. Keep that word open. Keep it on your lips. Ready to go. Seeing what's going on. And this is what's going on. I'm going to tell you this. Just like I wasn't prepared for the lawnmower to break and everything else like that, most everything in life you can only be so prepared for. But there is one thing that you can be completely prepared for and that's death you hear where i'm going with this right you can be prepared for death 
But when I die, I pray that I am poured out. I don't want to leave nothing on the table. I want to finish with everything. How many people still got a book they want to write? A song they want to sing? A business that they want to open? A nonprofit that they want to start? What is it that you're holding on to? Why are you waiting, man? The sand's going down. The sand's going down. The sand's going down. The sand's going down. Right? Man, there are so many cool things that God wants to do in your life. I want to encourage you today. Man, don't sit on the sidelines. Take action. Be committed to it. You know? I want to encourage you guys with that today. Look at this. Last night in my devotion time, I was looking through something. I did not know this. I want to share this with you. How many people watch football? How many people like football? Whatever. Did you know this? This is what I read last night. They said that over 50% of the tackles that happen on the NFL football field are from people that have already been knocked down. You're going to catch that in just a minute. Over 50, over half of the people that gets tackled is from a guy that's already knocked down, but he didn't quit. He stayed committed. He's still grabbing. He's still going. Sometimes when you get knocked down on the field of life, you keep grabbing and you keep going and you keep doing and you keep staying committed because guess what? Somebody else is going to come along and pick you up. That's what we do as a family. That's what we do as brothers and sisters in the Lord. And I tell you what, there is no sadder sight than this that I've seen over the years in doing ministry. When something happens in somebody's life and they have no fellowship and no connection with the church family. Ultimately, you want your connection with the Lord. But God chooses to use us to come alongside and encourage and walk with you and everything else. I went back the other day to check something on my arm, probably, probably not making sure I was in good shape to pull that lawnmower. There's a, I don't know if y'all noticed, but my arm got tore up some years ago. My bicep rolled up here. They tied it back into here. Ten years later, I tore it loose from here. So there's a screw right here that holds my bicep together. And then he did something else over here with this little chain guard thing. They got a big name for it, like a labrum. But that's the truth of it. So I got to be careful with this, this arm. You know, big, tough, strong guy. Oh, yeah, right? I reached for a salt shaker about pulling my arm loose the other day. So I went to my doctor's and he looked and he said, well, the screw's still there and everything else. I said, okay, everything's good, man. I'm feeling better. How many know it's kind of like a dentist? You make the appointment and your tooth stops hurting? That's exactly what happened. I said, let's just keep one on the books and I'll be good. But that wasn't so much the story. The story was this. When I got into the place and they were taking my information, I hadn't been there a while, there was a gentleman coming in and I was kind of in the middle of doing my paperwork because I wanted to try to help the guy see what's going on. And the guy was coming in and this guy was in some pain. And he had his, his foot done. And he had this, this, I don't know, some type of boot and stuff. And there was a lady behind him. He says, baby, you okay? He said, oh, I hurt. She said, do you got anybody here to help you? No. She said, can I help you? Right? Yeah, I guess so. She said, do you got anything? She said, my, my daughter, she stopped by the other day, but she couldn't come around. Man, something's wrong with her. She said, baby, you got, you got that boot on wrong. She's in the same boat. Let me just tell you real fast. Don't matter which way, whatever. One was white, one was black. Didn't even matter. That's what the news won't tell you. See, they won't tell you stuff like that. They saw somebody in a need. And the lady said, let me help you. She said, babe, what's your name? Why? She's still a little hard around the heart. She said, because I want you to sit down and, and, and I'm going to tell them your name. And when you get ready, you don't even have to stand up. I'm still watching this and I'm thinking, can I help? This is where I'm getting to. She said, honey, don't 
Don't you have a church family? Don't you have anybody in your church family that can help you? He said, no, I ain't got no church family. Wow. You see where I'm going with that? I see how you guys pull together. And we're not perfect by no means. We see a need, we try to jump in everything else. But see, she went through the whole gamut. She was trying to help him, but he was just being bitter. I know he's in pain and everything else. But she went through all that. Let me tell you, when we talked about that slide about fellowship, it's not just getting together, eating a piece of pizza. It's having our life interwoven. When you need something, if I can help, I'm going to try to do it. If I need something, they're going to try to help to do it. That's the beauty of the body of Christ, man. That is the beauty of the body of Christ. I'm going to tell you what. Like I said, we don't always do it perfect, but I tell you what, we will love on you. We will love on you. And so today, I know we're a little bit all over the board, but I tell you what, I believe we're right in the center of what God wants to show us today. That you know what? That we need to pursue with persistence the task at hand. We need to be diligently going after what God has laid in our heart. We need to be committed and act on those promises of God. Renew our mind with the word of God. Turn around and say, you know what? I'm going to stop feeding on the doubt. You know what you might have to do? You might have to separate yourself from some people. See, my boys growing up, sometimes I had to give them this valuable lesson. Sometimes you've got friends that are closer. Sometimes you've got friends that are arm length apart. That don't mean you don't love them. But sometimes you got to love them from over here. Does that make sense? I'm not being mean, not being rude or anything else. You can still love them, still pray for them. But a lot of times, you know what, if they're, not, if they're not coming alongside and seeing transformation in their life and they're drawing closer to God, then that means they're probably pulling you away from the things of God. So guess what? We need to choose wisely. I am not about just staying in the church house. I'm all about getting outside of the church house. But I'm going to tell you what, make sure that we're grounded so that when we get outside the church house, that we don't get led astray by the world because we're standing on the word. Somebody say amen. amen. All right, we're going to bring this thing home. Anybody having a good time so far? Yeah. All right, let's look at this. Something to, to write down, something to hold in your heart. You ready for this? Take this with you. I said, you know what? Starve your doubts with the word of God. Feed your faith with the promises of God and pursue your purpose by the spirit of God. Man, we're not alone. We're not alone in this thing. You have his word on it. You have his promises on it. And you have his spirit with you. Let us pray. Amen. Lord, I thank you today for all you supply and all you do for us, Lord. And I am grateful to be a part of the body of Christ. I am grateful to be a part of what you're doing right here. But Lord, it's not just one room. It's not just one address. It's the body of Christ at large. And I pray today as we continue to starve our doubt, that we feed on our faith and that we pursue the task at hand, the purpose. Seek the Lord. Get the visual of that, that hourglass. Remember that it's ticking. But I'm going to tell you what. I don't know about you. I want to make sure that I hear, well done, good and faithful servant. I'll tell you what, there's probably some days it ain't even in the vocabulary. But I'm going to tell you what, I'm going to keep rolling with it. How about you? I'm going to get up again. I'm going to still try to tackle that devil even when I'm down on my knees. But I'm going to rely on the Lord to get me up. I'm going to rely on you guys to help me up. Because you know what? That's what I'm going to do when you're down. I'm going to do my very best to come alongside you and encourage you. I'm going to speak into your life the truth of God. I'm going to remind you of the promises of God. I'm going to ask you, are you renewing your mind with the word of God?
tell you something else. I love you so much. I don't want you to leave here today without knowing how much God loves you unconditionally. God loves you so much that he gave his only begotten son that whoever believes in him will not perish but have everlasting life. Friends, we hear that week after week. How many times we got to hear it before we grab hold of it? But I'm going to tell you what, when I do a funeral and I'm sitting out there and talking to people, you would be surprised of the faces that I look at that have no idea what I'm talking about. So friends, if you're tuned in today and you don't know what I'm talking about, I'm going to break it down the best I can. The Bible said all have sin and fall short of the glory of God. What does that mean? That means we all miss the mark. That means that we, we can't get to heaven on our own. That we need a Savior. So God sent His Son as the perfect sacrifice to have our shame and our guilt. I want you to hear that. Our shame and our guilt and our sins heaped upon Him on the cross. And Jesus' blood poured out His life poured out for us as a payment for our sins to be washed away. Did you hear what I said about the guilt and the shame and the sin? It's been dealt with. The question is, will you deal with it? You say, how do I deal with it? Ask the Lord to forgive you. Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ. The Bible says if you confess with your mouth, the Lord Jesus, and believe in your heart of God, raise him from the dead, you will be saved. It's the gospel message. The good news is that Jesus Christ came to earth with no sin at all and took our sin debt, your sin debt, my sin debt, and had it heaped upon him so that you could go free when you receive him. Friends, I'm going to tell you what, there is no greater message that was ever preached, that will ever be preached. There's nothing that will save you other than the power of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Amen. There is one name that every knee will bow and every tongue will confess and his name is Jesus. So you might as well grab hold on right now. His love is unconditional. And his grace is for you. And he is a holy God. But we can come boldly to the throne of grace because of his holy sacrifice given for us. So friends, if you're listening now, if you're listening later, don't think you're going to clean up, give enough, do enough to get to heaven or to be right with God. You can be right with God right here, right now because what Christ has done for you. Take it personal, make it personal. Lord, come into my life. Help me to turn from my sin. Lord, I turn to you for forgiveness. I believe that you came for me, Lord, and died for me and rose again on the third day. We serve a living, saving God. And so today, Lord, I pray if there's one here that's never done that, I pray that today it is the day. I pray that they see the benefits and the fruit of your labor, Lord, that there's healing in the name of Jesus, that there's peace in the name of Jesus, that there's unconditional love in the name of Jesus. So, Lord, we praise you today. We lift your name up on high. And I thank you, Lord. I'm humbled today to say, you're my Father. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Somebody give the Lord a hand clap. Amen. Amen. Stand to your feet. We're going to praise the Lord. I'll tell you what. That's awesome. I'll tell you what. I would love to see if that air conditioner worked over there if anybody ain't got no complaint. Over here.